This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a strange and unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.com. Thank you. Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome to a very special episode of Friend of the Family. Once again, the holidays are upon us, a time of merriment and joy. As the world prepares for the coldness of winter and the warmth of family, we find the Belfords in the midst of a crisis. Look, Uncle Lawrence, I just don't understand what the big deal is. I forgot to send a letter to a shaman. I mean, you did give us two tasks, and we just focused on the more important one. I gave you two tasks because one required very little effort. However, both of these tasks were of grave importance. Well, there was your first mistake. It is well known that she can barely keep two thoughts in that vacuous skull of hers. Shut it, corpse breath. Look, I'll just run the paper in the morning. It's just a day. I'm afraid that will not be possible, Alice. Today was the absolute last day this particular shaman would be there. He is closed for the Christmas holidays. Um, what kind of shaman closes on Christmas? It doesn't seem like a holiday they'd really follow. (sighs) They don't follow it, no. But do you know anyone who would pass up an excuse to close up shop and go to the Bahamas for the rest of the year? Well, that does sound like a solid plan, if there wasn't all that unfortunate sunlight. I'd like to go check out what passes for beach clothes and how they look on my hotel floor. Ugh, gross. So why don't we just wait until after the holidays? You really have no idea of what you have done, do you? Meanwhile, our story takes us across the ocean to a distant land. A land whose haunted and magical landscape are populated by people who view the darkness the Belfords face day to day as irritatingly commonplace, as it prevents them from getting to work on time. Our story takes us to the portal between this world and the next, a gateway to the- You know, just because you are talking about Iceland doesn't make this any less dull. Get to the bleeding point, or just get bleeding. That would also be nice. All right. You're killing the intrigue, but I'm not surprised at this point. Moving away from the earshot of certain parties, the Reykjavik Airport, a modern gateway to the international world beyond. I can still hear you from over here. (sighs) At this crossroads, a gate attendant is all that stands between creation and the mysterious persona who approaches her. The large figure now stands at the head of the line, dressed in a large hat and beige trench coat that barely covers its charcoal fur. Pause? Who is this creature, and what does it intend for the world beyond? Name? Mrow. Right. Can I see your passport? Mrow. You know, you really tried this year. I almost can't tell it's you. The name is still quite terrible. Bell Gato, not very Icelandic, is it? I mean, it is better than Lester's D-Cats. Meow? Oh, don't play dumb. This happens every single year, Yule Cat. 
every year you try to go to America because you know the children don't like getting the clothes and you can stuff your face. And every year I have to run your passport and send you home. Wow. Hey, look on the bright side. Maybe you'll trick me next year. Wow. Ah, well, you did try harder this year. I guess I can run your visa so it's official and all. Give me a sec. Huh. Well, that's new. It says here you haven't been barred from entering America this year. Someone didn't get the paperwork in on time. Wow. Yeah, pretty much can't stop you if it's official. Now get out of here, you crazy beastie. It's probably not going to happen again. <laughs> As our other player clears customs, we return to the Belford home as they prepare for the Christmas holiday that is only a day away. As the day draws near, Alice sits, watching her little sister Mina and her mother decorate the large Douglas fir that stands proud in the family living room. Okay, so I want to hang Mr. Bear next to Miss Bunny because they're friends. Then Dracula away from Wolfman because they aren't friends. But they both want to be next to Pegasus Pony, who hates Miss Unicorn, Mr. Badskin, Clawhand, and Mr. Kitten. Mr. Kitten hates everyone. Hmm. This is so boring. Why are we talking about the Christmas decorations like they are people? But, but you're spending time with me and my friends. Uh, well, no, th that's not what I meant, Mina. I mean, I want to be out there cracking heads and being the hunter and not sipping on eggnog while I watch my mother try to untangle Christmas lights. Well, maybe you could stop sipping the eggnog and help your mother slay these nuts. That almost sounds more fun, and that is really sad. Ugh! Alice, part of being the hunter is having grace and slow periods. In time, you will be glad for moments like this to spend with your family. I'm sure I will. But right now, I am so bored. You could spend some time with Asmodeus. He can give you some real excitement if you know what I mean. Ugh! I am having trouble keeping down the eggnog which just came up the back of my throat. Oh, a little time with Asmodeus and you'll be able to control that. Oh boy! I hope Mr. Asmodeus can teach me that stuff. Um, maybe when you're older, Mina. And just like that, an astronomical therapy bill is born. Bill! It's like the bat signal for penny pinchers. It's just an expression, Uncle Lawrence. Ah, well, I have some... Good news. No thanks to your neglect, we now have a problem we've been able to avoid for generations. Get ready, you're going into the field to solve this before Christmas Day. You mean it? Christmas miracles really do happen. I'll allow it on the condition that you will be finished with this project before Christmas Day. I've planned a wonderful dinner for the family, partially to celebrate your first successful year as the hunter. I promise! As our heroine dashes down the hall with newfound Christmas spirit, we continue our story in a wealthy home across town. As the parents sleep, dreaming of sugar plums and enlarged credit card bills, a mischievous little girl has stealthily creeped down the stairs into a closet where treasure awaited. For days, she's been staring at the ever-growing pile of presents under the tree, and she can finally wait no longer. She now sits in the living room, ripping past the concealing paper and into her Christmas spoils. Oh my god, this is not what I wanted either! I said I wanted a white linen edition Xbox, not a stupid standard black one! Why can't they get anything right? Well, 
That's not really in the spirit of the holiday, is it? As the girl continues to lament the plight of the pigmentation of her gift, something lurks outside the window. A sinister presence awaits eagerly, watching the admittedly somewhat less than innocent child. Still, the girl cannot know that glowing eyes stare. Meow. Etulil cat. I can't understand why no one can appreciate the ambiance I bring to the table. Meow. What was that? Don't look at me, feline. You gave your presence away. <sighs> Is that a kitty? As the girl approaches the window, she sees two large glowing globes gazing at her from the shadows outside. A large, lumbering shape gazes from her to her torn gifts. For a moment, the girl stares with the amazement and joy that can only be brought to a child when their deepest wish comes true. <sighs> and the moment passes. Why can't they get anything right? I told them a white kitty, not an ugly fat gray one! I hate my parents! I hate them! <coughs> Go away, ugly kitty! I hate you! <coughs> Elsewhere, the hunt was on for our heroes. Bundled in their winter best, Alice in a surprisingly colorful scarf, and Asmodeus in a leather trench coat for show, they walked away from a modest house in the suburbs. Picturesque, save for the tarp over the large broken picture window. Well, that's the third kid. So it is. This is tragic and all, but I'm a special shade of I do not care tonight. While I'm not usually one to pry into the open sewage line that is your unlife, I thought you'd be thrilled to be out here. True. Usually I'd relish being out and taking out my frustrations on whatever problem you feebly try to handle. But nights like this are typically when I find my dinner choices expanded by that crippling loneliness that only the holidays can bring out. And Marjorie also gives me my uh, Christmas present. And my therapy bills only get higher. Do you want Uncle Moneybags to show up? So what, pray tell, is it we're after exactly? Something called Yule Cat. Sounds like something that enjoys cheeseburgers. Who knew you could use the computer for something other than porn? I didn't. <sighs> Evidently, it's this Icelandic monster that has a taste for kids that don't receive clothes on Christmas. Wouldn't that be most children? Yeah. Well, usually there's a treaty that keeps the cat in its home country where it can be controlled. Oh, can't think of what went wrong there. Shut up. Anyway, right now, the cat is out of the bag, so to speak. So it was kept in a bag. Well, no wonder it is hungry. <sighs> it is just an expression! Does anyone know what that means anymore? Oh, I know. I just wonder if that little vein in your forehead will pop and you'll bleed out. Ugh. Let's just figure out how to deal with this thing. It is an oversized cat. Can't you just jiggle some keys and get it to come over here? That's ridiculous. There is no way that will... Before our heroine can finish her thought, a pair of keys are produced and jiggled in the night air. This is completely stupid. There is no way... You were saying? Damn, I hate it when you're right. As Asmodeus continued to jingle the keys, the distant mewing grew ever closer until the night was broken by the glowing eyes of the dreaded beast before them. Its gray-furred form towered above them in the distance, 
tensed and curiously watching the jingling keys. That is one big pussy. Okay, no, I am not letting you finish that comment. We have work to do. Suit yourself, go to work. Alice charged forward, steeling herself for what was about to come. She sunk into her fighting stance, pulling back her fist. About to strike when Yule Cat's massive paw struck Alice, knocking her away into a nearby rose bush. Fuck! As per usual, I suppose I will be the one to clean up this. Aww, Yule Cat's teeth sunk into Asmodeus momentarily, pulling back once the object of its desire was relinquished. Its massive maw, closed around the keys, were released from his grip. With the treasure now in its possession, the large feline retreated back into the darkness. Well, that went poorly. You think? Gets worse, I'm afraid. Those were the van keys. What? With defeat still fresh in their minds, Alice and Asmodeus take a long walk back home and regrouped at the family residence, attempting to come up with a strategy to deal with Yule Cat once and for all. I don't think Uncle Lawrence is going to buy that much yarn. He already nixed our giant laser pointer idea. See the kitty. No, Mina. Mr. Kitty is too dangerous. Probably ate another six children already. Mr. Kitty sure is smart to know what people are getting for Christmas. I don't even know what I'm getting for Christmas yet. Mina's statement stuck with Alice a moment, gears turning in her head. It only took her seconds to arrive at the answer. Huh. Ah, I know how we can catch the stupid cat. Oh, pray tell. Grab a bunch of those gifts and follow me outside. Yay, presents! Oh, joy. As the trio gathered gifts from under the tree, they began to set their trap. With a large storage container, acquired last minute by Uncle Lawrence, Alice, Asmodeus, and Mina gathered in the yard with presents in hand. So, here's the plan. Mina will serve as our naughty child who is opening her gifts early. But I'm not! And I don't want to open my gifts early. You'll be opening my gifts, Mina. Oh, that's okay then. Anyway, when Mina finishes opening her gifts and finds no clothes, Yule Cat will inevitably show up. I will then give my scarf to Mina and have Asmodeus take her away. Yay, I get more presents! Right, then Yule Cat eats you and it will be a happy new year. I like this plan. Once Mina is inside, I order you to get back out here. Then, we'll force him into this storage container. And so, Mina began to open Alice's gifts. The first gift was... wrapped rather cheaply in last week's business section. It's a gift card. That's not so bad. It's for five dollars. Is this a thing for you now? Yes. The next gift was from Graham's. It was perfectly wrapped by ebony paper with a gold bow. Hand-tied, of course. What's a messenger wand? Nope! Alice carelessly chucked the offending item far into the snow. The next gift was from Alice's mother. It was plainly wrapped in pink paper with white ribbon. Inside, it contained... a stuffed unicorn head. I... I took the liberty of improving upon this gift. I hate you. You're a monster. I know. Ugh, the final gift was from Asmodeus. I'm almost afraid to look at what follows. It's just an empty box. Which says everything I need to say about Alice. 
Honestly, your gifts are kind of terrible. <sighs> yeah. But you're not allowed to open mine yet. Wow! Suddenly, perched on the homestead's roof, Yule Cat looms over those gathered in the courtyard. Its large gray fur stood on end as the feline hissed. It leapt down from the roof and began staring at its prey, Mina Belford, licking its chops. Here, Mina, I'm giving you this scarf for Christmas. As quickly as the hunter placed the colorful scarf around Mina's neck, the large cat's eyes grew less fierce, inquisitively staring at the young Belford, awaiting her reaction. I love it. Wow. Asmodeus, get Mina out of here. The hunter charged the large cat as Asmodeus took Mina away. Ah! The cat carelessly swats the hunter away into the side of the house. After a moment, Alice steadies herself, looking for an opening in the feline's defenses. Suddenly, Alice threw a knife toward the cat to distract it in order to make her move. Ha! And the cat batted the knife away toward the snow. With few options left, Alice charged forward again, changing her direction last minute in order to leap onto Yule Cat's back. Once there, she wrapped her arms around its neck. Aha! You're going down! Wait, whoa, whoa! Without warning, Yule Cat rolled over, pinning Alice under a tuft of fur. The cat rolled back and forth, effectively scratching its back on the winter ground. Asmodeus, get out here! I can barely breathe! Oh, but this is the most entertainment I've had all evening, save for that part where I slaughtered a giant cat! Asmodeus attempted to use his vampire speed to get the drop on Yule Cat, but the vampire was no match for this feline's agility. Asmodeus found himself pinned under one of Yule Cat's paws, his leg not on by the Yuletide feline. These are new pants, you wretched feline! Every time Asmodeus moved, Yule Cat poked the vampire with its claws, not allowing the vampire to escape. Alice found herself in a similarly dire situation as she felt the cat press into her face. It was becoming very hard to breathe. Ugh, this is terrible! Ow! Ow! These are dry clean only, you mangy animal! <laughs> Seriously, this is what gets them both. A giant cat? They dealt with things a lot scarier than that. I've had enough of this. You are ruining my family's dinner with your horrible manners. The matriarch of the Belford family arrived just in time, producing a water spray bottle which she fired harmlessly into the air. Get! That's a bad kitty. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Grams fired the spray bottle at the giant cat. Almost immediately, the cat sprang away from the hunter and Asmodeus, Fur standing up as it backed away from the screaming woman. Into the box! Get in there! Rather than deal with a threat of water, Yule Cat took refuge in the large shipping container. Grams marched over to the container, spraying one last mist at the retreating cat. Alice and Asmodeus stared at Grams in wonder. Asmodeus, get the door. Yes, Marjorie. Alice, go clean yourself up. I won't have you looking like something the cat just drug in at dinner. Yes, Gramps. You stay in there! And so, with the threat finally dealt with by an elderly woman with a spray bottle, 
We join our hero after the family dinner for that Christmassy moment. Alice, Alice! Oh, hey, Mina, what's up? I didn't get to open your gift for me. Oh, well, that's okay. I want you to see what I got you. Here you go. Okay, okay, give me a second. Alice stopped after peering into the once childishly wrapped box. Amidst some tissue paper was a single Christmas ornament. A white unicorn. That's Miss Unicorn. She doesn't like any of the other ones on the tree and says she wants to go be with you. I hope you like her. Alice just smiled, rustling the hair of her younger sister. Meanwhile, Uncle Lawrence was having his own moment with Asmodeus. Ah, Asmodeus, did you take care of the small job I had you do? Yes, it's done. I handled it right before I went out for my evening stroll. Ah, then Yulecat is on his way back to Iceland. Iceland? Yes, you did send it to Iceland, correct? Yes, I did. Absolutely. No, he did not. (laughs) And with that childish retort, we bid adieu to another episode. Happy holidays! And cherish those Christmas socks, lest Yule Cat find you. Wow. Ah, yes. And have a happy new year. Thank you for listening, and please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Tumblr. You can like us on Facebook. And remember to check out our website at strange, the letter N, unusual.com. Oh, and Merry Christmas!